Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. All right, welcome in Busted Open Nation Weekend Edition of your podcast favorite Busted Open Radio on a Saturday. I'm your weekend host, Ryan McKinnell. That is Mark Henry. And Mark, we got a stack podcast edition for the listeners out there today, including a recap of last night's Friday Night SmackDown, where the professional wrestling world said goodbye to The Undertaker. I guess the question to you, Mark Henry, would be, uh, is have we actually said goodbye for the last time? You know what, man? I don't think so. My heart of hearts tells me that The Undertaker will kick Baron Corbin's ass. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to see that the podcast version of this show is available to everybody in a way that you will never forget what a Saturday edition of Busted Open is like. And man, you aren't kidding. As you talk about Baron Corbin, we will get into Baron Corbin and uh, his promos last night and everything that came from SmackDown. But we also get an inspirational speech from our new coach, Henry, over there, putting everything into perspective. This COVID hell, the wildest of 2020. Uh, trust, you do not want to miss Mark Henry pumping you up on this weekend. Have you running through walls? That is on this edition. And also, Mark, it wouldn't be a Saturday show without a weekly winner. But, Mark, what is going to separate this weekly winner from every weekly winner of the past? Well, we're doing two segments on weekly winner. This week was so nice, we had to do it twice. Two shows, two segments, a very lengthy review of the week that was in professional wrestling. It, it, it was a big week. It was, it was. It was too big for it was too big for one segment. Uh, I I enjoyed what we went through as far as learning something. We learned something about ourselves in these two segments. And we got to cover a lot of ground. So you got to tune in to this week. That's right. All you got to do is sit back, relax, click play, and get it going. Bust it open on a Saturday. Let's go. When someone evokes the name of a legend like The Undertaker, like Baron Corbin did last night, repeatedly, yes, it drew nice heat. Yes, it, it allowed for the main event to mean a little bit more. It provided this nice send-off for Jeff Hardy getting on one knee and, and, and mimicking The Undertaker. But again... It feels like you wouldn't be bringing up The Undertaker's name in this way just to get heat, especially one week removed from finding out he's retired. It feels like, Mark, that there's more to this. Like, we might see The Undertaker again somewhere down the road. How are you dissecting all this? Well, I mean, that's exactly what I was saying, you know, prior to the break that we just had, is when I spoke to my friend who mm -hmm. uh, we're not only uh, – fans of the pro wrestling business and guys that actually performed at a high level, but we also critique it and we break it down a lot and try to figure out in our mind what was said and what was done. We both came to the conclusion they would not waste time provoking the undertaker and talking negatively about The Undertaker in a retirement 
and a, a, a celebration, if you will, of his career if he was not going to come back and hand Baron Corbin his ass. So I, I look at it being, you know, I'm very hopeful <laughs> that the Undertaker is going to come back and give Baron Corbin the the whooping of all whoopings. Um, but when that's going to happen, uh, I don't know because the way that it is, it can be drug out for months. Well, you know, Mark Calloway, you know, the undertaker just as well as anybody, Mark. I mean, we just finished the last ride. It was emotional. You saw the finality of it. It, 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 it again, taker talked about it. You know, Vince McMahon comes at me and, you know, he's in a rock and a hard place and he needs me to come out of retirement. Would I do it? Well, you never say never. So, uh, I, uh, for his final, as it felt, nothing to me ever feels final in pro wrestling, Mark, because you mentioned it before we went to break. Rick Flair, Rick Flair, unretired like eight different times. Nothing right. ever feels final. Is there anything that you can take away from the last ride, that documentary, where you say, "Hey, maybe, maybe this is actually it"? Is there anything you saw in his eyes, in his words, in the way he carried himself? You, you know what I mean? Well, I understand the respect of a great talent. You want to give back to the business. Uh, before you leave it. You want to leave the business better than you got it. How can you do that? Okay, let's see. The best heel in wrestling, Baron Corbin. Give Baron Corbin that feather in the hat. Give him that rub on your way out. Uh, help build somebody that's going to be, you, you know Baron Corbin is going to be around another 10 years. He's young enough. He's dominant enough. He's skilled enough. And He's got the pulse of pro wrestling from a heel standpoint. Leave him on top. Leave Baron Corbin, the baddest son of a bitch, in pro wrestling. And if you beat The Undertaker, if you damage The Undertaker, you harm The Undertaker, you speak negatively about The Undertaker, um, you've put yourself in a category where every wrestling fan in the world, all of us, are focused in on that singulary point. And that's what you call giving the rub. And the Undertaker won his last match. He yeah. beat AJ Styles. So where, where was the rub in that? AJ Styles a made man. You need to give that to somebody like a Baron Corbin. How hard, Mark, is it to battle with retirement i mean obviously you speak from uh, an experience that i can only imagine listeners out there have no frame of reference um even if they are listening and they are professional wrestlers chances are they're not hall of famers like you and then gave to the business like you did and had the career and the length that you did your career is similar to undertaker okay i mean it's 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 different by a couple years but 20 plus years of entertaining and going out there and feeding off the crowd and and having that adrenaline and and, and having that you know relationship with the fans how hard is is it to stay away and to not want to go back and get back to the business and to and to and to be a part of the locker room and to feel that adrenaline? How difficult is it to battle with that in retirement? From, from a from a pain standpoint, um, it reminds me of why I stepped away. But I still get butterflies when the music plays to start the show. I think about how I could elevate people. I think about being involved in angles. If that was me out there, 
this is what I would do. And um, that's that's one of the things that that Undertaker is going to experience uh, for the first time, even though there have been years, maybe five or six years where he's only wrestled once. And that was at WrestleMania. But he still was a major factor. He still, you could just play promos of The Undertaker. Hmm. You could you could have meet and greets, you know, where The Undertaker was going to sign at WrestleMania. You could have Undertaker go out and uh, do his whole entrance and deliver a message to pro wrestling fans, whatever. But from a retirement standpoint, it's tough because now you don't have an outlet for your ideas. You can't go out there and perform them. The only thing that you could do is you could do like I did. Uh, you can, you know, become a part of the talent development process. You can start being a trainer uh, down at, at, at the performance center doing camps and, and different series. Uh, you can take it to another level. Maybe Taker has got ambition of uh, being a uh, a writer, producer, uh, director, um, any any of the jobs where he's at the arena, he's in every production meeting, he's in every um, council session with the writers about where the show is going on the big board for the rest of the year. He could do that. His mind is unbelievably sharp. When it does comes he to want? Kind of does he want to though, Mark? Is that something you think Undertaker would invest in and and take a and take a role in? Because he talked about it in the last ride. How important family is. How how important it is to spend this time with his kids. I thought it was something very poignant. He said in that final episode, "It's time to treat home uh, like I treated the business all these years. It's time to give back to home like I gave back to the business." So uh, I, you, I think he would. I think he'd be great in that role. But do you think it's something he would do? Brian, did you watch uh, Ragnarok? Yeah, Thor. Yeah, and of course. What, what did what what did, what was Thor told by Odin about go enjoy about, your life? Uh, right. He said that um, where they live was not was a place. Right. He said that um, they were a people. The Undertaker is like that with as far as Odin. He could take his family wherever he goes. That's home. That's that's just the way it is. If 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 he was going to be on the road for three days or four days in a row, listen, he's got a big old bus. <laughs> Still, <laughs> he can take his family. He can afford to take his family to wherever location he is, post up in a five star hotel, in the penthouse. And still do his job and then come back home to his people. So I don't think that that's an issue about being not being home. Um, that would be actually an easier gig for him than preparing for a wrestling match every week or preparing for keeping his body in shape so he can handle the rigors of being in the ring, bumping around with young guys, you know, 30 years younger than him. So, yeah, I, I can see him doing it. Definitely being a producer. Yeah. Being a right-hand events. And um, 
he could sit there and have conversations with Bruce Pritchard, who, you know, Bruce was his first manager. You know, you can have um, him and Paul Heyman, like they have a, a good relationship. They understand each other. And if Undertaker, believe me, if the Undertaker tells Paul Heyman, hey, I don't, I don't feel that. Like, I think this is where we should go with it. What do you think Paul Heyman is going to do? Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Mm-hmm. So Taker is going to go in and supersede anything that's existing right now. Like his voice means something. And, and it might be and it might be good for the talent too, Mark, right? To have him back yes. there. And if and if anything even remotely gets chippy or whatever the case may be, he can play the role that he played for so long in the locker room. In the locker room, he can squash it. Listen, man, it's a long game. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you're getting buried because that's not my intention. My intention is to make this show good. And trust me, it's going to come around. Everybody's going to get their piece of the pie. Well, uh, as we talk about talent, um, it kind of got me thinking about Jeff Hardy, because I do want to get to the main event. I want to get to the rest of SmackDown here uh, real quick. But before we do, uh, I was thinking about Hardy, and I was thinking about something he said in terms of The Undertaker uh, being his mentor. And then that got me thinking. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, Jeff has been in the WWE for seemingly ever. He obviously came in when he was very, very young. Uh, they had that match on Raw for the first time, which we saw highlights of last night, the the uh, ladder match for the Undisputed Championship. But it, but it got me thinking, Mark. How many people in that locker room can legitimately say that The Undertaker was a, a, was a true mentor to him, that, that Undertaker truly took them under his wing, whether it be Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, whatever the case may be, right? Um, I would imagine it's more than a couple. Oh, my gosh, it's dozens, a couple of dozen. Wow. Uh, guys that he handpicked or, you know, there was, there was a point in a little Undertaker story Um I had a match with him just kind of impromptu. I think somebody got hurt is what happened. Okay. And he needed somebody to work with. And um, they said me, and I'm sure that when they said me, went, no. Nah. But um, we, got to, we got to the gorilla, and um, they said, y'all got, y'all got eight minutes. And I was like, his entrance is four minutes. <laughs> My which is, which is, is true. Minute. My entrance <laughs> is one minute. Um, we're not going to have a lot of time. And he was busy doing pre-tapes all day long. Okay. And and he we never got to say anything to each other. Not one word. And I remember him, well, well he did walk by and saw me in, in the training room getting taped up and warming up and stuff. And he was like, uh, hey, man, we're just going to have to call it out there. Thumbs up. So we get the gorilla. Uh, he's still not there. He's still not in gorilla. And then it was like uh, three minutes. And I was like, oh, man, we're going to go in three minutes. I ain't even said go to hell or nothing. <laughs> and he walks through the curtain and my music starts playing. I, I see you out there. And in my mind, I'm thinking, we ain't got that long. I need to go all out, attack him like my life depends on it, which my life depended on it. And that's what I did. He was taking his hat off. And I, 
I mean, as soon as he put that coat and hat to the referee, um, I just started to whoop his ass. <laughs> and I, I mean, to the point where he turned around and looked at me like, what are you doing? And I was like, cut me off whenever you're ready. And he got a respect for me because I respected the business enough not to go out there and look like a deer in the headlights and be like, what, what do you want to do? Everybody's going to see that in my face. And I was not going to allow that. And we did all the stuff that we did. And I was the aggressor. I was the best wrestler of all time. I was taking it to him so that he could do what he needed to do with me. And Jack Lanza, I got to the back after the one, two, three, because one thing I did know is I knew what the finish was. I say you weren't winning. <laughs> I was not going to win that one. So and what year was I this, took, like 98-ish? Th yeah, this was like, no, this was like. 2000-ish? Um, what, what, what are we talking about? like 2005 or six. Okay. I mean, this was just, a, you know, me filling the spot. Okay. And uh, he, he chokeslammed me. And he told he told me kick out, and I said no. I'm rolling to the ropes. I I would I didn't listen to him, and I rolled to the ropes. Bam! Took the choke slam. I rolled to the ropes. I held on to the ropes, and he was pulling me and pulling me, but I was holding on to the ropes. He kicked me and kicked me. He picked me up, gave me another choke slam. Bam! One, two, three. Got to the back, and. It was one of those, hey, man, if I tell you to do something, uh, do it. I said, I was not kicking out of your chokeslam. I was like, you can fuss at me all you want to. I respect you. I know who you are. You don't have to do me no favors. Mm. And he, that's when he started to trust me. And, and people don't realize in pro wrestling, because the curtain is pulled back and you can see the almighty Oz, now you get to understand that a lot of it is, do you respect the business more than you respect the talent? And in the Undertaker's case, he saw, he respected the fact that I respected the business, that I knew everything he did and I knew where he stood, even if he was trying to do me a favor, I wasn't going to accept no favors. That's who I'm going to trust. That's who I'm going to respect. And um, we became friends over that one match. Like wow. I, I, I've seen him since I got to the company in, in, in 96. Or really 95. Hmm. That I, I, I saw him all that time. Still we took a never decade. were friends. Yeah. We were just, we were just workmates. We worked for the same company, but that that week we became friends. He see me in the back and started talking to him. Mark, come here. Hmm. Like I was one of the boys to him. Right. Which but meant there's everything. a lot of people. There's a lot of people that walk around in the back. I know who yeah. they are, but I can't say that's a friend of mine. Like during that series, he, he, he and he told me, he said, man, I'll never have to tell you to keep coming. Cause I know you coming. He's like, I I rather have to say whoa than giddy up. 
And, you know, I respected that. And, and, cool. and that was, that's the foundation of our relationship is that I respect the business. I respect him too. And I respect who he was and is in this industry uh, more than uh, even he thought I did. So let me ask you this. Before we head off on the break and get into the rest of SmackDown, how are you going to remember uh, the the Undertaker, Mark? What era to you is going to define the Undertaker? Because I'll tell you, for me, um, and it's one of those things that I think it just he came on the scene at such an integral age for me. You know, Survivor Series, I was nine years old when he debuted as the Dead Man. He was dead to me. Right. Like the Undertaker gimmick to me was as real as it gets. Paul Bearer was the cherry on top a couple you know, months later or whatever it was when when Paul started going to the ring with him. Um, and it became the the iconic dead man that we know today, the purple, the gray, the the, the hat, the whole thing. That is the, the 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 jumping off point for me, Mark, that set the next 25 years. And for a lot of people, it's the same. But then you also have the era where he put on two of the arguably the greatest matches in the history of the business against Shawn Michaels. You had the American Badass era. And then he had a really, you know, great era post Shawn Michaels where it's been the, the main attraction where he just comes in basically once a year and kills it. So I'm curious. You're the Hall of Famer. You're the friend of Mark Calloway. What's going to be your era? What's going to be the, mem- the, 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 the Undertaker version that you remember in cherish the most well i obviously as a wrestling fan uh watching him debut until 95 when i got there um the first thing i wanted to do was meet the undertaker (laughs) and um not knowing what that meant or what that was but I, I love that guy with the with the purple and the gloves and the gray, all of that, like you did. That being said, that's not my answer. Uh, my answer is the streak and watching him against Bader, watching him against Kane, watching him against Viscera, and all of these guys throughout history, uh, some of which are not here anymore. And myself and everybody that faced him when you when you knew that the streak was a thing it was like wrestlemania you you didn't just look forward to wrestlemania because it was wrestlemania you looked forward to it because of the streak like who's who's going to be in the match right. with undertaker this year right like that superseded the business itself. So I'm going to have to go with that. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Uh, what'd you think about the main event and the way that wrapped up? We can obviously continue the conversation a little bit on The Undertaker. The main event uh, ends with a, a final tribute, potentially, although we kind of talked about that. Uh, neither one of us actually think this is the last we see of The Undertaker, but let's presume it is. The mentor, okay, I don't know what the mentee, the, the student, the, the pupil, 
uh, Jeff Hardy showing respect to the undertaker that came on the heels though of essentially Mark half the roster or what was left of it left. It was on television was getting their shit in on poor Baron Corbin. You got, you got everyone pulling their finishers. Corbin just sitting there laying there and taking it. What'd you think about the finale to uh, SmackDown last night? Little tip of the cap to taker. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> I thought it was great, man. Uh, historically that's been something that um, has happened either the, the real reversal of that is you put the best guy in the business out there and you just run guys out there and let them get their ass beat in 30 seconds or less. And uh, I remember doing that for Austin and doing that for Taker for years. You know, you needed a guy to run out there and take a choke slam. I'm on the way and, and, and did it gladly. Um, Riddle, uh, Riddle is the one that got over the most. Yeah. You know, being that he was able to come in and end it. And when you put a punctuation on something, that means there's something in the future. Just like I said last week, when I saw Riddle get thrown out of the ring by AJ and, and pushed into Baron Corbin, I said something they're building that because people love Riddle enough and Riddle could have a match with Baron Corbin that could really be good. I agree. And uh, they both can really work. I got a lot of faith in both of them. And I, and I, and you can tell that the WWE has a lot of faith in both of them as well by the fact that the last two weeks they've had uh, things brewing between those two guys. So uh, it's nothing is done for no reason. It's, it's a reason behind everything. Well, that's a good point. And you bring up the attention paid to Riddle. Uh, you can also point to the attention paid to Riddle outside the ring and the fact that he is still getting this push and he is still getting that attention. I think it does, as you said, it speaks volumes to uh, what they think of Riddle going forward and how much belief the company has in the man. Uh, because, I mean, you, you, we've already talked about this on the show. I'm a big believer in Matt Riddle, and I think he uh, has a, a, a very bright future in this business. I don't think I'm breaking any new ground when I say that, but I am a I am on Team Riddle in terms of, uh, of that. Uh, now, Okay, you're talking about this feud potentially with Baron Corbin. I like it for a multitude of standpoints. Um, I think Riddle is a guy, I mean, he's the bro, right? He's the stallion. He's super chill. He's got a little bit of a delayed sort of delivery, right? Like he's more of a chill dude. Corbin's snappy. He's quick. He's venomous. I also like, yes, styles make fights. I like the idea of them in the squared circle together, but I also like the idea of what they're going to offer us in terms of entertainment value in the coming weeks or Mark. I mean, hell, put the coming months. Yeah. I mean, you look at Riddle. Riddle has got a comedic presence to him too. Mm -hmm. He's glib. He may not be fast, but he is definitely on time. And, uh, I think that Baron Corbin knows that and he knows how to feed him and not be fast and be more deliberate. And when it comes to wrestling and fisticuffs, Baron Corbin is one of those guys, you know, he can take it, right? You can hit him. He's not going to cry. You know, Matt Riddle, if you go back just a couple of weeks and you see the match he had with Timothy Thatcher, don't think he's going to cry much either. So <laughs> this is going to be a series of matches that will be very hard hitting that we will be like, Oh man, why did he do that? Like we're going to get really good psychology because you see that Baron Corbin, the reason you hate him is because of the stories that he tells, not just because he's being an ass. 
he deliberately sets you up. He takes away everything that's good. If Matt Riddle comes in the ring and he kicks his flip-flops off, Baron Corbin is going to go grab one of those flip-flops and throw it at it. He's horrible. He's deplorable. He's the guy that makes you hate him. And that being said, him and Matt Riddle both understand that. You look at the matches that Matt Riddle had at NXT. Everybody that he worked with, he he benefited from uh, them taking advantage of his weaknesses and taking away the things that everybody liked to see him do. Baron Corbin maximizes that. He's perfect for real. So I, I'm I'm excited about the matchup. I think that uh, they'll be the one that um, they'll be the ones that highlight pro wrestling over the next two or three months, I'm even over it. the championships. Yeah, no, I'm with it. I'm with it. The workhorses and uh, yeah, just we talked about it. Styles make fights. I love the optics and the idea of those two mixing up for weeks on end. I got no problem with that, especially with a fresh face like Riddle showing up on the scene on a, on a show like uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Definitely some legs to that. Uh, I want to turn the page real quickly, though, Mark. I want to get to the the promo that we heard from Braun Strowman, which was uh, what well, was good. It was, first of all, I got to give a huge tip of the cap to Braun Strowman because I feel like, I mean, obviously this is a man we've heard talk plenty over the years, right? But this felt like it was longer than usual. It felt like Strowman was given time to really get into, I mean, we heard a lot of growling. We heard a lot of deep voicing. We heard a lot of seriousness. He tells a story about, you know, the water moccasin biting Bray Wyatt in the face, and it's all very menacing. But, but Mark, it was a long story. He had to keep the attention of the audience longer than I would venture to guess at any point in his career during a pandemic, during a show that got cut and moved. And I mean, I mean, what I'm saying, Mark, it was a high stress situation, I would imagine. And I was really impressed with what Braun Strowman brought last night in terms of his mic skills. I was too. I, I thought that it was really, really good. I thought that he paced himself well, that he came across. He just left out one thing. What's that? That the snake after bright biting Bray Wyatt died. Couldn't take the if blood of Bray. <laughs> if, if, listen, if he would, if he'd have threw that in there, it would have popped everybody. But going forward, um, he did a really, really good job. And 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 you're right that that promo was twice as long as every promo combined that he's ever done. Right. And he kept everybody seated, looking at the camera, looking at the TV like this, captivated, and. That was a big plus for him. I think that's going to carry him even going forward. Now they know that he can do it. Um, it, it, it gives them the green light to do it more. Um, I also like the fact that they, they're going to introduce a new match, which, you know, maybe one of those cinematography type matches, uh, a swamp match. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had ballroom matches. We had hell in a cell matches. We, we, we had Punjabi prison matches. You, you named something, <laughs> it's been done. I've never seen a swamp match. And I'm very curious, very curious to what they're going to be able to do. Well, he said he's going to feed them to Gators. So am I being, oh. I mean, I'm, I, I, I want Gators, Mark. I <laughs> like if we're doing a swamp match, I want Gators. Like, get me Gators. Hey, well, you, you, you can't have a swamp without Gators. Right. That's what I'm saying. 
<laughs> so, uh, okay, Vince, I guess that's happening. You've now set the bar. You've set the expectations. Now you have to deliver. It is uh, crocodiles or alligators. I'll take either. I think they're different. I'm not sure. I'm not a biologist. I don't know about the animal world that well, but I'm just saying I want some Ooh, lizards. Mr. Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter, <laughs> how about a pit of gators? Pit of gators. Let's and, go. And everybody's like you're trying to you're trying to do you're trying to throw them into the and it's the, the fight of not oh man I lose my shit if there's a pit of gators <laughs> or if there's a moat of alligators around <laughs> I'm just I don't I don't know if I even want to watch I might have a heart attack and check out I'll buy the poster WWE <laughs> puts up a poster of the, the 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 swamp match or whatever the hell they're gonna call it I don't think we have an official name yet but it's got little gators in the boat chomping at the bit I'm in let's go let's get I it I want the uh, poster too that for sure. Uh, well, I mean, listen, it fits in the motif, right? It's going to be Extreme Rules, uh, quote-unquote, horror show. So, uh, I mean, it's on brand. I think I'm going to send Vince a text today and say, <laughs> swamp match, question mark, question mark, question mark. Gator emoji, gator emoji, gator emoji. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably send me a text back, don't text me. <laughs> yeah, he's probably already, he probably sent you back, oh, boy, I'm already on it, pal. Come on, man. This is Vince McMahon. Oh you don't God. think you, you don't think you thought about moats or gators? Come on. Oh my God. You know sure. that there's a if you thought of moats, he definitely thought of a moat exactly. full of gators exactly. around. If you don't know Sirius XM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy Sirius XM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of Sirius XM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no car required. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities! Mark Henry and Ryan McKinnell are here to answer the difficult questions. What was the best show this week? You ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. All right, welcome back, Mason, here on a Saturday. Hour two, Busted Open, rolling along. I am Ryan McKinnell. That is Mark Henry, and you hear the music. Yes, you know what time it is. It is weekly winter time where we give you our best show in the week that was in professional wrestling. Mark, the honor is all yours, sexual chocolate. Who are you going with? Who is your weekly winner for the week that was in pro wrestling? You know what? I, I got to kind of recap. Uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, the whole Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest, uh, you know, the attack, the fighting back match, and uh, Damian Priest being so beat up that he just couldn't get the job done. I yeah. enjoyed everything that was. Um, I mean, Karen Cross and Bronson Reed, you know, I love the, the thick boy. Um, <laughs> and I, I see a lot coming from him in the future. I agree. Uh, I love for him to not be so thick, and I know that's kind of the pot calling the kettle black. But <laughs> um, I think he's such an unbelievable talent that if his uh, endurance and if he, you know, just dropped a, you know, a few pounds, that I think that he would be a really effective, you know, quality wrestler for uh, NXT. Um, 
I, I love the Dexter Loomis thing. I don't know about you, but <laughs> it's weird enough and entertaining enough that it, 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 it hits it hits all the points that I need to be hit as far as a wrestling yeah. uh, fan is concerned. Um, and I want to see more of him. I want to see him be more actively involved in, in the programming. Um, and even in, even to the point to where he should be around one of the titles. Uh, he, he's that polarized, and I think he's re- they're doing a really good job. Um, once again, uh, Keith Lee, man, um, I I really enjoyed it. I, I, I love the fact that him and Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano uh, went at it. There was one point in the match where uh, Keith Lee was in the corner and uh, Adam Cole shot Johnny Gargano into him. And I was hoping that Keith Lee would put a boot up and uh, kick Johnny, cover him, and then the stomp would come to break, make the break. But I know the part you're talking that. about. I know the part you're talking about, too, when Lee just fell on Gargano and Gargano was flat on his back. Or flat on right. his stomach, and he, yeah, I know that. I, I they, thought the exact really same thing. They really could have. They really could have used something else right there. Yeah, and that was the only critique of the whole match. I was into that match from beginning to end. Yep. And thus that saying, I, I thought that um, NXT was a really good show, but man, you you got to go back to Monday, and is is uh, disjointed as the Dolph Ziggler challenge was. Um, Drew McIntyre still made that segment. And, uh, I mean, you had Charlotte and, and Nia. You had uh, Oscar and Charlotte. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Big big Show coming out and confronting Randy. And and the promo that we got from, from Big Show and the promo that we got from Randy and Ric Flair being involved um, – you know, I, I'm. I still. You know, I, I would have to give. And MVP was the star of the whole thing. M- MVP. How good? Being, how good of a job has that man been doing, Mark? In the last four, dang, five, six, I, seven weeks. I mean, man. Bro, I, I'm. I'm just like. This is the best MVP I've ever seen. Yeah. Been, this it's like there's two people that are the best they ever been. You know what, Mark? Randy Orton. I don't, yeah, I, I'm sorry. The I, best Randy Orton yeah. and the best. MVP, and I, I would have to give as, as good as much as I like the press conference and and stuff from AEW. I would have to give my weekly winner to Raw. You brought up MVP being the best that he's ever been in his career right now. I can't say that I disagree, and you know who it reminds me of? You. Huh. Because I think you did your best work in that salmon suit and then the Hall of Pain and then everything in all that entire era, that 11, 12, 13, whatever. You know, I, I, I'm probably mixing up a couple years in there, but. Um, yeah, it started were, in 11. Yeah, you were always a great wrestler. You were always a, a fixture of the WWE. You always had your moments. MVP had his moments. At different points, he was a fixture of the WWE. But for whatever reason, it felt like that 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 next act or whatever it was. That's what it was really hitting. It feels like now he's not there yet. He's not. He's probably not going to have his salmon suit moment. I don't know if he will. But Mark, I, as you said that, it very much reminded me of that way of of your 
uh, kind of, of closing to your career and the way you went out with a, a true bay. Yeah. And, and, and that's, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to sit here and kind of toot my horn a little bit. Uh, MVP <laughs> told me in uh, 2016 that he wanted to come back. And I, I said, well, I mean, you know, first, do you have heat? And he said, no, I don't think so. I mean, you know, they've, they've told me that, you know, things that they liked and things they didn't like, and I tried my best to fix them all. And I said, well, let me reach out to the powers that be. Uh, and the powers that be at that time was, was Vince. <laughs> I didn't go to nobody else. I went straight to the top. Yeah. And I sent Vince a message. And I said, hey, man, um, does MVP have heat with the company? And he said, no. Why you ask? And uh, Vince is probably going to be mad at me for this, but damn it. I'm, I've already started, Vince. I came backtrack. Um, he said, no, he don't have heat. But I said, well, the reason why is he asked me if um, – if he had heat because he wanted to come back. And he said, well, tell him to talk to the office, call call the town relations and call um, the, the the people that's, that's you know, call Hunter and, and everybody that's involved in the creative process. And he said, I, I sent that message. I took a snapshot of it. And, um, you know, I never said nothing to MVP about it. I just started lobbying to get him back. And, you know, I, I talked to Paul Heyman uh, in in 18, and uh, I talked to him again prior to uh, the Royal Rumble, and um, he said, "Hey, man, um, I got your I got your messages and everything." He's like, "You know, we're gonna we're gonna do something with MVP," and I was like, "Wow, thank you," and. Fast forward to two weeks ago, um, you know, I mean, well, maybe three weeks ago is when Shad Gaspar passed mm-hmm. and everybody was kind of down and everything. And I, I sent MVP a message saying how proud I was of his, what he was doing since the Rumble. And I wanted him to know something. And he was like, man, let me know anything. So I sit, looked through my phone and I found that snapshot of the conversation that I had with Vince about getting him back in the beginning of 17. And I sent it to him and he was like, man, why you ain't never tell me this? And I was like, because it wasn't pertinent information and it didn't matter. But what matters is there are people that are working for you when you don't know it. As long as you put the work in, then they have a reason to give you that. And that's a message to all the guys. I said at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the show in one of the breaks that you know three of the three of us have all been fired from a job this year this, this week. COVID hell. I was say this and week. Then, and then all of a sudden, Jason said yeah. no. He said four or four. He said I've been I've been fired too. And it's not the end for all of us out there. This is this this is a byproduct of of just some, uh, it, it just came to me and it's not a part of our programming. It wasn't meant something that we planned on talking about, but I think about the uh, microcosm of, of this whole world, this whole 
COVID hell is what I call it. Yeah. Um, we're not the only ones, guys. Everybody that's that's listening to our show, think about all the people that, that's affected as well. So we're in this together. Uh, keep working even though you've been fired. Keep working even though you're not in a place right now for that blessing to happen. If we keep working, we will not be denied. We're going to get our show, get our jobs back. This COVID hell is not going to last forever. We're talented, and everybody out there listening, I know you have a talent. Hone your craft, practice, study, write, record, listen to whatever uh, you're doing, and listen to it back. Listen to how you can make yourself better. That is what MVP did. While he was away, he practiced. He went in the Indies, and he started doing stuff. He, he saw stuff that he did bad and was like, I'm never doing that again. MVP is almost a black belt in jujitsu. He took up jujitsu and learned holes. He bettered himself. And that is why we got the MVP that we have. Getting back to the topic at hand, MVP made himself better because he wanted better for himself. And he told me, he said, Mark, it's not the money. He said, now my son is into wrestling. He, he understands the guys that he sees on TV and who they are. And I tell him, you know, when you was little, I used to be on there. And his son's like, okay. But he wasn't on there now. He said, man, I just want to get on there at least one time so my son can see me. Man. And I said, and that's why I made it happen. Guns. And I'm, I'm proud of him. He, he stood up and he did everything he said he was going to do and more. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Mark, you gave your weekly winner to the Monday show, Monday Night Raw, and it was a hell of a show. Obviously, we talked about the promo that Randy Orton had, uh, the multiple championship matches, all of that. Um, I'm still going with NXT. NXT to me this week was an incredible show. You hit some of the highlights as you were talking about why you liked it. Um, I thought the Dexter Loomis stuff with Roderick Strong was really well done. The match itself and also the video package prior the Undisputed are really getting their, excuse me, the Undisputed Era, Mark, are really getting their shit in right now during yeah. this pandemic. They're getting creative. They're showing more of their personality as if they really needed to. I really enjoyed that video package with the Undisputed Era and, and everything that came up. I did, too. I think that they're hilarious, uh, as well as talented guys. And, and man, you, 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 hit, you hit the nail on the head. You know, I, I was thinking, because Cole's reign is, you know, whatever it is. It's, you know, into 300 and whatever days. He's he's on the longest NXT championship run uh, in history for NXT. The Undisputed Era now has been a faction for, you know, years, and they're at the top of the food chain, and, and they have been. And then I thought about New Day's uh, reign as title champions and the, the fact that they've been around now five years and, and just the staying power. Like I'm thinking about undisputed era as a faction. I'm thinking about new day as a faction. I'm thinking about the length at which they reigned and, and they're not, okay. Two different brands, but I'm trying to think of another time in history inside one company where you've had 
two factions like that with the staying power, the comedic ability, the talent. Mark, we might be looking at two of the greatest factions of all time. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I, I know this is your week in the winter, and I, I, I try my best not to in, interrupt, but um, no, it's maybe, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe we get the new day when Xavier Woods come back against Undisputed Era. Uh, How cool would that be? Uh, well, I'll tell you Did what, I, when, ooh, when they do, when they do come up, right. When they do come up, because I think it's just a matter of when not come up, but when, when they leave NXT and, and go to a different brand, I think the logical must feud, you have to do it with new day. You have to, you have to new day versus UE. So, Let's get so that. what's your, I, I, I'm, I don't want to interrupt. I'm, I'm curious about your weekly winner. Well, first of all, that was just, I mean, just that. The, the comedic value of Undisputed Era got my wheels turning about their place in history. Really enjoyed that. And then another thing that I know you really enjoyed that I loved, and, and I talk about him all the time, Karrion Cross and the love that he's getting with Scarlett and the, and the attention that he's getting and the push that he's getting. But also another guy that I really like who reminds me very much of another hoss in the business, Jeff Cobb, is Bronson Reed. Right. Jeff Cobb, yeah. you know, he's got that Samoan, you know, just 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 island power. Bronson Reed's got that. And he brought it, man. Like you could see it when he stepped in the ring. I know it wasn't a long match and I'm sure he probably would have liked a little bit more time and it showcase. But I thought it served its purpose. And I thought Reed came away looking pretty strong. And it's what you said, Mark. That young man has a bright, bright future in the WWE. Big future. And I love his work. Uh, I work with him. He's been in a couple of my camps that I, I did down at the Performance Center. And he was always the first one sliding in the ring trying to get that rep, trying to get that work. And yeah, uh, I, I just can't say enough about it. Yeah, so it looks like right now Cross is, he's taking inventory, right? He's kind of, he's taking off the Bronston Reeds. He's, he's kicking some ass and taking names. Uh, what do you think, I mean, Ciampa obviously was the debut, but what do you think is next? Because I, Mark, I don't really feel like there's a clear idea of what we're getting next from Cross. Is he just going to wreck shop for a month or two more and just, you know, stomp yeah. on people? Is that is that is that the route you think they're going to take? Yeah, well, he, he, they're, they're creating a highlight reel. Mm. Like, you know, he, he needs to wrestle probably about two or three more people where they can see him, you know, take something from them, absorb it, and then give that energy back to them. Okay. So when they show Ciampa, they show Bronson Reed. And they show all the guys that he destroys. Now you got something that you can put in a package. Who's next? Mm -hmm. And then you bring one of the guys from Raw or one of the guys from SmackDown, and they get that ass whooping. And you build this guy, and you build him. And he's he's one of the guys that's going to be a pivotal point in the business going forward. They're building him like nobody's business. And um, he deserves it because he looks the part. He is the part. And when uh, the entrance for just the entrance alone with him and Scarlett yeah. is worth the price of admission. Yeah, I, I agree. And I can't wait to see it. You know, we haven't even got to, that's what's crazy. We haven't even got to see it with fans yet. We've only been watching it with a crowdless, um, you know, presentation, which uh, when you get that crowd in there, Mark screaming and, and chanting along with it, fall and pray. And you get that smoke with the crowd billowing in the background, man, I am, I am definitely in for that. You mentioned Cameron Grimes. That was another nice little takeaway from Wednesday's NXT action. And then the main event, Mark, I mean, when you've got a triple threat, with Keith Lee, Finn Balor, and, and Gargano, and and it was the way it was booked. Like 
it was the typical Hoss, you know, running over everybody and just laying dudes out and sh- tossing around the little guys. But when the, when the littler guys got their shit in, when when Balor was attacking Lee, it read like a real fight, right? What was Balor doing? He was attacking the neck. He was attacking the limbs. Just a very... Uh, I don't want to say formulaic, but just a very proper triple threat in the way that I would expect a match like that to be booked. And although it was predictable in that regard, the match itself was still unpredictable. It was still entertaining. It was still the perfect capstone to a show that was my weekly winner in NXT, Mark. I just thought it was a great, great main event. I thought the show, and I I do think the two-hour show benefits a little bit in terms of when I give my weekly winner. I still feel like two hours is a really good sweet spot for a pro wrestling show. I feel like that plays into that here because we talk about it, Mark. You don't turn away. You don't go get a drink. You don't go to the bathroom. I really felt that way with NXT. And I think to a large extent, um, that was the reason it was my weekly winner. If Raw was two hours and you took all the best shit from Raw and packed that into two hours, I would probably be saying Raw instead, that it was a very close race with my weekly winner, but I still lead uh, NXT with that. Yeah, I I, I do too, man. I I enjoyed AEW this week as well. Yeah. Yeah. you know, I I love the press conference. Uh, the ending, putting having uh, Jack's wife throw the uh, the water in, in in Cody's face. I think they could have did without that. Uh, Why is that? What 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 didn't you like about it? Well, I mean, like she if 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 that would have been me, if I was Cody, and my wife was on the panel, and some woman threw a drink in my face, my wife would have whooped their ass. So I, I would have liked the scene uh Brandy attack her. Maybe that's what and they have towards. they have to pull Brandy off. Like, no, 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 we'll take care of business at the pay-per-view. Yeah. You know, it's like you gotta put a button on everything. And uh that that's that you didn't get that. You just gotta walk off. You know what else I really liked uh, from AEW is we kind of, you know, talk about the entire world that was in professional wrestling this week. Uh, FTR having a really solid match with SCU, SoCal Uncensored, which was uh, a throw-together match due to uh, some roster changes due to some concerns around COVID. So the fact that that was thrown together and the fact that uh, two older, you know, uh, veterans like Daniels and Kazarian came in, listen, we know their legacy. We know how talented they are, but nonetheless, to come in in a TV spot, to take on FTR, which you know that AEW is highly invested in FTR, and to put on a match like that, man, that that was some good shit right there. Man, F- FTR is, is just good, man. I mean, <laughs> that, to put it lightly, they're really good, and I think that they're actually great, yeah. and um, you know, FCU is, they're, they're talented guys, man. Like there's so many talented wrestlers at AEW, and the, the we got a chance to see them, even though it was impromptu and brought on by you know concerns and and who's who can work and who can't work and right. all of that. Man, it was really good, and that that's just a, a feather in the hat of AEW for hiring guys that are really talented and. You could just, in case of emergency, break glass on probably about 10 people over there. <laughs> yeah, that's well said there. Uh, let me ask you this. How do you think uh, Colt Cabana is going to fit in with the Dark Order and Brody Lee? Because that looks like that's where we are headed, potentially. Uh, we saw them tag together, and it looked like they were getting friendly. Listen, Mark, um, 
you know, Colt can be serious. He's been that role at different points in his career, but it's going to be really hard for me to believe. It was like uh, when Jim from The Office started playing the uh, new Jack Ryan role on Amazon, like uh, Jim Halpert. Yeah. He, he, now he's an action star. It's like, okay, it's going to take a really strong and, 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 and believable performance for me to see him in any other way. It's kind of that element with Colt Cabana. I'm having trouble picturing him in the dark order, so he's really going to need to make a, a stark turn if he's going to do it. So, Mark, can he do it? Will he do it? Is Colt Cabana going to be a part of the Dark Order? And if so, how do you think he fits in? If I had the pencil, I would use the eraser. No, if I had the pencil, I would have Brody Lee come out with a mask that had Colt on the front. And I would hand it to him. And he would be like, no, like, and put the mask on and I would have him bow his head, put that damn mask on and then him be a part of the dark order until Brody Lee had a match and he just couldn't take it no more. And he ripped that damn mask off. It'll baby face the shit out of him. And then he can go in on Brody Lee and you can build them to a pay-per-view. Now you have created a layer in which people give a damn about what they're doing because he couldn't take it. He tried and he was always shaking his head, but he did what they said. But now where, where can he run? Everywhere he goes, it's dark order guys. And he might not ever lose, but what is he going to have to do? He's going to have to fight. He's going to be on every show. And that's what you want to do. You want to, you want it to make dollars. And have him make him over the next few months do a bunch of, bunch of messed up shit, right? Like have him do the bidding of Brody where it beats yeah. him down psychologically where he feels like a dog and he feels like, you know, he's, he's subhuman. And yeah, I think there's something there, Mark. And a you kick, do it quickly. A kick dog. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And I think that's a role that Colt could play really well as rather than, you know, a year and a half in the dark order and he just becomes a typical heel. No, I think, I think that's good. You have him battle with the reality of it and, and the struggle within. I think that's, and, and another thing you can do, uh, Colt has a very distinctive body style. So if you put that mask on him, you can have him out there every week and you still know it's going to be Colt Cabana just by, yeah. you know, his size and like the way, the things that he'll do. So yeah, still, I like that. I, I would still let him wear his own, his regular gear. Yeah. <laughs> I just haven't put a dark order mask on. It's got okay. coat on the front. <laughs> oh, so that's why you wanted to write you, on you the want, okay. You want people to know who it is. <laughs> All right. So that is going to do it. You gave Raw the weekly winner. I gave NXT the weekly winner. Solid week in the in the world that was for professional wrestling. But, Mark, uh, we ended our one talking about it. We didn't get into it enough, so I, I want to switch back to it now as we kind of talk about just everything that was going on in wrestling. Back to Tessa Blanchard uh, getting released from Impact. I, I just want to, I want to revisit this. Um, your surprise level. Uh, why did it, I, I don't know how much the accusations of racism and the things that, you know, were surrounding her from six months ago play into account. I don't know. Uh, we can speculate. Uh, I, I guess I would be surprised that it happened now and not six months ago. 
Uh, what happens next? I think a logical landing space uh, place that a lot of people are throwing around is AEW because obviously her father is there. But I would say, no, nah, I wouldn't say the best wet wrestler, women's wrestlers in the world, the best roster is in the WWE. Could you see Tessa Blanchard landing in the WWE? What happens next, Mark? You know what, man? Um, I don't think that the uh, racial thing is playing a part. I think a lot of it is uh, she's been in Mexico during this whole COVID hell. And um, from what I'm hearing, they wanted her to do some promos and different things and, and come back and actually appear on the show. And she said no. So her contract was coming up in a month anyway. So if you're not going to work and you're not going to at least send us video footage of you doing something or holding a title on your shoulder and saying, you know what, this COVID hell has got me locked down, but eventually yeah. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be the champion and yada, 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 yada. Yeah. She, she just didn't do it. And uh, something's got to give. I want to hear from her. I don't want to hear from the dirt sheets. I don't want to hear it from um, just uh, impact. I want right. to hear from her because I love her work. I think that she's a trailblazer for women's wrestling. And um, I think she's got a lot of value. But one of the things that, you know, when I talked to her before, um, is she had issues with people and doing stuff and there was conflict. And she's got to be a better conflict resolutions person going forward because uh, otherwise this won't be the last time she gets let go. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that could be very possible, especially as word gets around and, you know, reputations build and all that. Um, logical landing spot for uh, Tessa Blanchard next. Where do you think, where do you think she pops up next in North America? Do you think it's AEW? Do you think it's WWE or do you think it's maybe something I'm not even thinking about? You know what, man, she might need a break and yeah. um, take some time off um, and maybe show up in Japan. Um, maybe show up at AEW. Um, I mean, the potential to go to WWE would be good too, but does she want to do that? You know, does she want to go? Like right now, she's, she's in Mexico. Like, you know, so she can't get over here unless she has a quarantine uh, time anyway. Um, but, you know, we just got to figure out when she makes a statement uh, about what she wants. I, I mean, we heard about, we heard from the company, we heard from the dirt sheet guys, but she hasn't spoke. And I'm not going to listen to nothing until I hear from her. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.